You're listening to WJMF Radio, the beat of Bryant. What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm Brian Costa. I'm Tyler Stringfellow. And we are and and we have a great episode in store for you guys today. Uh, again, if in case you didn't hear in that intro, your eyes and ears do not deceive you, people. My co-host, Mr. Tyler Stringfellow, is back. Tyler, we back. Welcome back to the show, man. I, I know you've been busy doing some uh, doing some swimming here and there, yeah, but thanks. so how's uh how's how's things been going for you? Uh, things are going well. Um, Bryant University men's swimming and diving back to back champions. I love it. So uh, that's a big win. Also was out in Elkhart, Indiana for the <laughs> National Invitational uh, swim meet. Um, qualified for that one. So I don't recommend going to Elkhart, Indiana. I have no idea where it is. Exactly. There, there's nothing out there. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it is the motorhome capital of the world. Okay, that, that, but that, there's still nothing. You're there. not helping Elkhart, Indiana's case if it's the no, motorhome capital of the there's world. There's nothing there though. There, there, there was a um, a Long John Silver's that. <laughs> You know, it was don't eat there. You might like get a flesh eating virus or something. Yeah, like about to say. But it was it, it was fun going out there. And then um, went to Fort Lauderdale for spring break. That love, was a love to see that. That was a great time. I saw some guy get punched <laughs> and, I, and thrown over a barricade by security. Oh, my goodness. So Florida, man, you know. Uh, you know. I, I mean, my God, I mean, I was here. I was hearing about some fights going down in Fort Lauderdale. I mean, I kind of everyone and their mother was down there. So, yeah, I mean, you can figure when that when that many people are in one location, stuff's going to go down. But how yeah, was man. how was that whole experience? Um, It was a great it was a great time after a long swim season and long just semesters a full semester and then half a semester of school. It was nice to go sit on the beach and relax. I love to um, see it. De- definitely needed it. Absolutely. So, you know great it was great i had, had a couple of drinks huh. nothing nothing too crazy and um to preface tyler is 21 years old yes he i am 20, 21 years old he is 21 he yes. is 21 and legal drink it, responsibly yes drink responsibly yes i don't encourage underage drinking and always drink responsibly absolutely that's why when i was at the saint patrick's day parade i was 21 and drinking so oh, again, yeah how I, was that that was awesome Southie uh, baby oh yeah that that was amazing i mean you want to talk about a day that was quite the day. I mean, we're I'm going in on the train with some of my buddies. Uh, on the ride in, we find out Trevor Story's going to the Red Sox. There you go. And uh, you know, it's a great day. The great rest start off the day. The rest of the day was history, man. I mean, we show up to the parade. Uh, uh, it was it, it it was really awesome. I mean, we ended up getting like a rail post, and you know, when you're at yeah. when you're kind of at the rails on the parades, yeah, people will go by and hand out stuff to you. I mean, you know, we, we got like keychains, different different things like that. Then like this local pub came by and just gave like me and my friend like just shots of Irish whiskey. Oh, there you go. It was sick. I've done. I did a shot of um, Irish whiskey this summer. Once I turned 21 with my dad and I did the shot and my dad does it with me and he looks at me and he's like, what? And I just threw it all up. <laughs> oh, it so, was disgusting. Oh, so you didn't like the taste of it? Nope. Wow. My dad called me a. Um, you can't say it on radio. Probably. No, right? I can't. Oh, that, I can't say it on the radio, but he tough. called. He, he didn't call me a word that was very nice. <laughs> Damn, that, that, that that's kind of tough. I let, I let my old man down. So, so you're not you're not too much a fan of Irish whiskey? No, no. Pro, proper twelve though, I heard is really good. I have not had proper twelve. I I, I recommend. Yeah. I haven't tried it, but I've heard it's good. Yeah, I, I'd love to give you my recommended my my uh, review of that Irish whiskey, but I can't really remember the taste of it too oh, well. Boy. So, uh, uh, let, let's just say uh, Sunday was a good day. It was a there you go. It was a great day to be out in Boston. Uh, Gotta love it. Unfortunately, it hasn't been, you know, it's kind of been a in, throughout the time in Boston and we've had some ups and downs uh, depending on, you know, what, whatever sport you're watching. Obviously, I mentioned the Trevor story, uh, yeah. you know, you know, kind of yep. tale that's going on. I don't really know how to say Trevor story story. Uh, it's kind of rep- repetition there, but obviously that, that's some big news for the Red Sox. We're going to be talking about that today, along with some the the Patriots. Uh, originally lack of moves, but now they're starting to make some moves. Actually, acquire. They're, they're, they're making some some nice moves, little ones. I don't know. We'll have to. Uh, we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about Matt Ryan going to the Colts, along with Tyreek Hill uh, going to the Miami Dolphins. That is where we are going to lead things off today. Obviously, oh boy, that was that was insane when we, when I when I heard that uh, Tyreek Hill was going to one be able to seek a trade, and now obviously, you know in. And when guys are told, oh, you can seek a trade, usually there's like maybe a week or two weeks where where it's like, okay, we're going to let this thing play out and then kind of go from there. Within oh. like 30 minutes, Tyreek Hill was a Miami Dolphin, and I can't believe it. I I, I just can't, I can't believe how fast it happened. Yeah. It happened really, really fast. That's the thing. 
But he also had two teams, one team on there that was very questionable that he wanted to go to. Yeah. The Dolphins, I love that move for them. Yes. I hate Miami Dol- the Miami Dolphins because I'm a New England Patriots fan. But granted, they are very they're very underrated right now. Yeah. I mean, Tua plays a lot better than people think. He's one of the best passer ratings in the league. Mm-hmm. And yes, he's a lefty, which is kind of puts him down a little bit. He's, I, I, I just don't know why lefties are so different, but they are. Obviously, because yeah. they're they're lefties, but they're a little different. Um, I think it's just the trajectory of the ball comes off. Her receivers is a little different. Yeah, but I I love that move for them. They got Jalen Waddle down there, and they also um, Raheem Mostert signed down there. Yeah, and there was one other guy, Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. They signed. They signed two nice running backs that can also catch out of the backfield, which will help Tyree Kill because Tyree Kill's going to be going just straight deep. You know, you know, Miami's building something very interesting down there. They I mean, need to build uh, that defense a little bit. Yeah, obviously, when Brian when Brian Flores left, he, I thought the whole thing, I thought I thought the whole scene there was going to go up in flames. But in in reality, it's only gotten better. I mean, credit to Flores for being able to build that culture down there. But now Miami, just with uh, McDaniel in there and all those guys there, yeah, dude from the 49ers, they're just able yep. to take off and run. And now. that coach is very young. Yes, but he's a genius. Absolutely, he is a genius. Yeah, but also. Um, a little quick, speaking of the Tyree kill thing, a little uh, note this came up on my phone is that, um, the Packers, uh, the, sorry, the Packers and the chiefs are both looking at DK Metcalf now and Tyler Lockett. Okay. Interesting. So Tyler Lockett could be to, I see Tyler Lockett as being Tyree kills replacement. I could see that too. in Kansas city. Yeah. But either way. So I you you meant, I, I like the Tyree kill trade. But I just, again, I'm so blown away by how fast it happened, and I didn't know that that was going to happen. Yeah. I, again, again, usually most times when you hear a superstar request a trade like this, you, you usually there's enough of a grace period to, to where it's like, oh, maybe they're going to repair the relationship. But in this ter- but in this time, by the next time you picked up your phone, like if you went to a class in between the time that Tyreek Hill announced that he was going to have a trade uh, or he's going to be in the, the, if you went between, if you had a class or something in, in, in between it. the time that uh, Tyreek was announced, it was going to be announced that Tyreek was going to seek a trade versus when he was going to, you know, then eventually be traded. There you go. Shut up. Shut, <laughs> shut up. I hate you. He, he It would have already happened. It's crazy. It, ha- it happened. Snap. Yeah. Snap, snap fingers, blink of an eye, traded. It was unbelievable. And, and he was traded for a lot, yeah. mind you. I mean, he was traded for five draft picks, 2022 first, uh, number 29 overall, 2022 uh, second, number 50 overall, and then a fourth round pick as well as a fourth and fourth and sixth round pick in 2023. Uh, also with the Dolphins now, he's signing a four-year $120 million contract extension. Highest paid receiver. Yep. I mean, just a week after Devontae Adams goes to the Raiders. See, the, 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 this is why I hate the NFL lately. Yeah. You, these players want to go around and become the highest paid player, but dude, it's going to be broken mm-hmm. in like two days. And you just wasted so much cap space. Yes. For, for what? To be the second highest paid receiver it's after for, somebody goes and breaks it again. I mean, Tyler, it's all for bragging rights at this point. That's all it's for. It, it, it's just to say, Oh, but, I'm, I'm the highest paid dude. But Tyree kill versus Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Devontae Adams all day long. Oh, I, I don't disagree with you. I'd take Devontae Adams as well, but... I don't even have Tyreek Hill in my top five receivers in the league. You don't. Who would you have above Tyreek Hill? I'm trying to think. Not not, not 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 in any particular order, but Devontae Adams is on that list. Okay. Julio is still on that list. Yes. Oh, really? Maybe, may, probably at four or five right now, but he's Julio. still on that list. He's still... He had a terrible year last he year. Played, he played like three games. I know, but he just... I mean, he got released... Yeah, which is surprising, and I maybe we can talk about that later. But okay. uh, Patriots question mark. Um, so I, I mean, I got him. Um, I'm just, I'm just trying. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the receivers in this league right now. <laughs> DK, would you put above? No, no, no. I, I, I wouldn't. D, DK Metcalf hasn't proven too much yet. Mm-hmm. Um, would you put Hopkins above him? Oh, d- uh, d- uh, Hopkins, uh, and Devontae Adams are both on this, and Julio. Are, are on that list. And I'm just like, God, I, I, I'm, why am I drawing so many blanks right now? I mean, uh, all right. Keelan Allen's not Co- on that Cooper list. Cooper Cup, would you put above? No. Debo Samuel? No. Justin uh, Jefferson? No. Jamar I'm, Chase? I'm looking, at, I'm looking at some teams right now and just look at, looking through just a, a, any, if I can think of any player that would stay. Oh, Jamar Chase. Yes. Jamar Chase is on there. And would you, then would you put CD Lamb above him? God no. 
Yeah. Who? What? I mean, so I mean, I, I'm looking at this. This is what Pro Football Focus ranks as their top five receivers. He goes Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, and uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase five, and then us, uh, and then Tyreek Hill is eight. Tyreek Hill is eight. Yes. I I can see him being in the top ten, mm-hmm. but then again, I just. <sighs> that was the ranks from this past season from from Pro Football Focus. Okay. I'm I'm just looking at the teams right now, and I'm I, Keenan Allen is good, but he's not top five. Um, Pittsburgh doesn't have anybody. Seattle, not really. Mike Evans. Mm. I put Mike Evans on that list. Okay, yeah. So I got Adams, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins. Who are the other two? God, I'm I'm John Blanks. <laughs> I don't John, blame you. Listen, John uh, Blanks. But either way, I like I like again. I like the Tyreek Hill trade. I think they gave up way too much for him. Though. Yes, way too much. I I I mean, it's a lot to give up for a receiver. I mean, listen for KC. I mean, if they're able to go and get, go out and sign or trade for another receiver and not give up nearly as much, this is a great deal for them because obviously they're in a very tough position because of all the money that they have dealt out to Pat Mahomes and those guys. So if they're able to you know build a build a younger core around him and you know possibly go into this possibly going to this draft and get a receiver like John Michi at 29. There are nice receivers in this. This draft. is a very good nice. receiver draft. So if Casey thinks they can go out and get a good replacement receiver, this could be a very good move for them. And, you know, moving off of Tyreek Hill could, it could eventually be a great, could eventually be a great pickup for him. I know mm-hmm. he's, I know he's a fantastic speed guy, but speed with these guys is one of the first things that goes. How is Tyreek Hill going to be when he's a step slower? I, I really couldn't tell you what makes Tyreek Hill such an impactful player is his speed. Of course it is. Speed, I'm not. I'm not speeding quick feet off the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's so quick and it, 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 he'll he'll break your ankles right off the line. Yeah, and he's gone before and before you catch your balance, he's gone. Yes, and wide open, and he's already in the end zone. Mm-hmm. But by, by, by then, he's already in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, Ty- I mean so Tyreek Hill's 28 years old. In two years, you know, two, you know, by the end of this contract, he's on a four-year contract. Is he's he going to be 28? Yeah. What? Yeah, he's 28 years old. When did he come in the league? Uh, he can't, I, he must have came in the league very old, older, uh, I, older. I, you can make a case for it, but you know, obviously he's 28 years old. Do you think in two years, he's still going to be that impactful receiver? Speed doesn't go as fast as people think. Yeah. Two years, he'll be fine, yeah. but it's the four years. Mm. He'll be 32. The 32 is when you're going to see a decrease. Okay. But even Julio Jones is what? 32 as well. Isn't yeah. he 32, 33 mm-hmm. and people think his speed is gone and it's not. Yeah. That man, again, you had, you were surprised. I still had him in my, in, in my top five. I am. I'm very surprised that you have him. In the He's top five. good. He missed 14 games last year and was averaging 63 yards per game with a brand new team mm-hmm. on top of injuries. Yeah. And the year before he was fine. His average, his average was like 106 yards per game or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, I, he I, still got juice. A uh, couple, couple years ago, this is when, this was when um, Larry Fitzgerald started a three-year run of three years of 1,000-yard seasons with Carson Palmer and Bruce Arians, mm-hmm. and he was the same age. I mean, listen, I think that I think that Julio could still be an impactful guy, but I I think he's gonna have to be with the right team. It, it, that is a matter of where he's gonna have to end up. But he he needs the right coaching staff and the right guy at the helm. Yes, I I, I have to agree with you. Hear me out. I'm, I, I have my predictions of what you're probably going to say. Indianapolis. Yes. I, I was already thinking Indianapolis as a possible location for Carson Wentz. It makes sense. I mean, they're they're for Carson Wentz. Uh, not for Carson Wentz. For I'm, Julio Jones. I'm thinking of Carson Wentz leaving there. So yeah, for Julio Jones. Yeah. But yeah, for Julio Jones, obviously, I think it'd be a great location for him to go to. This is Matt Ryan's best year to win. Mm-hmm. BC guy. I want to see him win. Yes. He deserves a ring. And so do the Colts. Mm-hmm. This Colts team is a quarterback away from winning. And now they finally have a guy that has been there that has been at the top of this league at least once before. Yes. So he knows what it takes to get there and how, and how hard it is to get to the Super Bowl, how hard it is to win. Yeah. I mean, the blue 28, three poor guy, but that wasn't just on him. He, he, he played okay yeah. toward the end, but it was the defense that really blew it for the Falcons. Yeah. But you, you bring in Julio Jones, a guy that he played so many years with, and through so many passes to touchdowns, knows him like the back of his hand. You're golden. Yeah. They they are right now also a star receiver away from being championship pure ready. Yeah. They they need a stud. They uh TY Hilton, he's a little washed, but he's been washed ever since Andrew Luck left. Yes. And once Andrew Luck left, 
Who do you have? The QB carousel started to start. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett for a year. And listen, I love Jacoby Brissett. He's a new, he's a New England guy, but he was good. Yeah, he was really good. And I wish, I wish they kept him because I think he, he could be a starter in this league. Yeah, but 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 then after that, you throw the literal corpse of Philip Rivers out there. You then you proceed to follow that up with Carson Wentz at quarterback. I think Matt Ryan's going to be a great addition. I want to know your thoughts on this Matt Ryan move because obviously the Falcons, you know. The Falcons are obviously right now are in kind of a rebuild. They're trying to figure some things out down there. They send him off there and, uh, you know, they receive a third round pick in exchange. That's it for Matt Ryan, 36 years old, going to Indianapolis, you know, you know, quarterbacks and quarterbacks now are usually able to looking like they can play towards their forties for a guy like Matt Ryan. He's, you know, been able, he's been in a tough Atlanta system for a while now. What are your thoughts on this move? Obviously on Matt Ryan going to Indianapolis. Yes. I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love it. He, the defense is is championship ready. Yes. I mean, they got uh, Darius Leonard back there, one of the best linebackers in the league. Yes. And they go to Forrest Buckner up there in the front, who's just a machine. Mm-hmm. And then that offensive line is the best in the league. Yes. The best. Michael Pittman Jr. outside. Um, Zach Pascal just left. He's going to Philly. So they need, they need to sign a couple receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor is arguably the best running back in the league right now. Mm -hmm. He started off last year a little rough. I had him on my fantasy team. It bit me a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then he started to turn it on. He dropped 50 fantasy points in a game. He tried like four or five touchdowns. One game. Yeah. He is a monster. So I absolutely love it. And their coaching staff out there is is ownership. They're fine. Yeah. I mean, he's going to a solid organization. Yeah. That is one before. Had Andrew Luck. The Indianapolis, the Indianapolis Colts have never been absolutely trash. Yeah. The only time they were absolutely trash was when Peyton Manning injured his neck. It was when they sucked for luck. Yes. They, was- he injured his neck. And Andrew Luck steps in, they're fine. Mm-hmm. And even when luck went down, Jacob Brissett stepped in, they're, they're still above average. Yes. They're always right there in playoff contention up until like the 12th, maybe 12th game of the year. And then they're finally like, all right, yeah, they're done. They, mm-hmm. they, they can't make it. Yeah. But they're always right there. They're fighting all year. So. Yeah. Now you get Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. Maybe Hall of Famer. Maybe. I, I maybe. I, I, I you can make a very strong case for. I it. would say no. I would say if if the NFL had the type of leniency that the NBA or something like that or, or a league Ooh. like them had had for the Hall of Fame, yep. Matt Ryan would be in that. Camp. All right. So but, so let me compare this to you. Okay. How do you compare this move with Matt Ryan going to the Colts versus Matthew Stafford going to the Rams? I mean, if, if I see very similar moves, it, it could it could be very similar. But so, but the difference in impact is that Matthew Stafford never had the it, it was never put in a good situation to win. Matt Ryan has had that. And, you know, you know, obviously yeah. he was able to excel at certain points and go on and win, win an MVP. If Matt Stafford was with the Falcons, would he have done that? We don't know. No, we, we don't. We don't know what that situation so, would look like. So but, you see that. But you see that comparison. Mm-hmm. You have a guy that's borderline Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. borderline and Matthew Stafford or um, Matt Ryan's resume is a little better than Matthew Stafford, but still very similar. I see them both as I grew up watching. I've grown up watching these top, these guys and they're still at the top of the league, even when they're on their old teams. So I see a suit. You, you give Indianapolis a, uh, maybe a two, three year window. Mm-hmm. If they keep Matt Ryan two, three year window to win a championship. If he's in his current contract with, with the Colts, he'd be, he's signed for two years. So he is, he's there. He's, he's here uh, in 2022 and 23. Yeah. So like I said, obviously I give him that two years and they sign him. There's a three-year window Four, I think is pushing it, but they have a three-year window in my head to win a championship. Yeah. And they could, he'll be 30. He'll be 39 by the time the contract runs out with them. And, and he's still playing at a good, at a solid level. Mm-hmm. He, he can do it. He can easily play the three. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, but yeah. Two years, three years, very realistic yeah. to win a championship. But they need a receiver. They don't have a star receiver. They need one. They either need to draft one. I mean, they got Pittman. But he's a, but they, they need a bigger name. People, they, people yeah. think if Julio comes in, that he'll be the two behind Michael Pittman. Really? Yes. That's such a no. Yeah. No. People think well, that why, be- do, why, why, do you, why do you think Julio isn't as good as he is? I mean, obviously injuries for a guy like him is, is very, is, can be a very big problem at, for guys at that age. And also, I mean, listen, Julio has been, you know, obviously he's able to make, make moves with the speed and do certain things yeah. like that, but where his, you know, what is bread or what is bread and butter is, is getting down the field and, you know, being able to, you know, bring down those, bring down those deep balls. 
That's Julio's bread and butter as a receiver. Yeah, and he did and, that this and, year. And yeah. there's very few games he played. He, yeah. stayed, he looked like the Julio we know and love. Yeah, but I, again, that, that's Julio in that system with with A.J. Brown and those guys. Yeah. I mean, credit to Tennessee for having that kind of a system with them. But if Julio goes back to being that number one guy and is counted on as a Super Bowl contender once again, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to be able to do it with the injuries he's sustained this year. Yeah, can, can his body handle it? Yeah, that, that's, yeah. My, that's my concern. If Julio, if his body can handle it, then he can, you know, he can compete with the best of them. Mm. But I really don't know if his body can handle it. Now, I think if he was to go back with Matt Ryan, that is his best possible situation. Yeah. You know, speaking of best possible situations, I think this trade was the best possible thing for both sides. You you look at the Atlanta Falcons. They're going into the they're going into the toilet right now. Listen, they're going into a big rebuild. Yeah. And I mean, granted, they're going to have to. They've had they've dealt with a lot of turnover from, you know, the Dan Quinn era now coming into uh, the Arthur Smith era. And, you know, there's there's a lot of moving pieces there since that Super Bowl collapse that they Mm -hmm. that they suffered at the hands of the Patriots. Now, you know, many, many years later, they're trying to figure things, some things out. And they realize Matt Ryan's 36 years old. He's not going to survive a rebuild here. I mean, no, just, he, he needs to win a just, Super Bowl. Yeah, he's not going to make it through a rebuild. We got to we got to go younger and we have to get someone else instead. They did that and they went they went out and they got a guy like Marcus Mariota, two years, 18.75 mil. Solid for now. Yeah, solid for now. It's a good plug in place. And I think for two years. You know, that gives you enough time to figure something out to find the quarterback of the future. Yeah, especially especially going into this draft. This is a very weak quarterback draft. So, yeah, people are saying wait till next year because you got a couple studs coming in next year. So you wait till next year. You get you get you get Marriott in place for two years under the assumption that, you know, obviously you could you could put a rookie guy in that next year. Or you could have Marcus Mariota be a mentor guy for a rookie that you would bring in and then have him start when, once Mariota's contract is up. Yeah, there you that, go. That's a possible theory in what you can do there. It's also it's also obviously great for the Colts because, you know, they've been trying to do this whole QB carousel of going to, you know, Jacoby Brissett once Andrew Luck retired to uh, Phillip Rivers and the corpse that, and the corpse that he kind of dragged out there. Then to Carson Wentz, which, you know, inevitably, you know, kind of cost them their season against the Jaguars and, you know, some of his decision-making down the line bringing in Matt Ryan is the best possible thing that you can do with the situation that you have. Obviously Deshaun Watson was the, was the golden goose. That's what everyone was going after this offseason Once the rest of the QB market dried up, you know, mm-hmm. once, once it came down to it, Deshaun Watson was that prize. Everybody's radar. Yeah. Everybody, you know, radar. obviously Russell Wilson goes, goes to the Broncos. That's out of the picture. You know, all, a lot of other quarterbacks moving around at the end of the day, the last star guy remaining that the Colts could have targeted was Deshaun Watson. He goes to Cleveland and they're like, and they're like, all right, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, no. I mean, uh-huh. I, I thought that was going to be, a, I thought that was going to be what they were probably going to end up doing. But then Matt Ryan just, you know, f- fell into their lap. Exactly. And, perfect. And for perfect them, fit. for a two year thing where, you know, they're built to win right now, especially in that division, I think that they, I think this is the best possible thing that they could have done. Yeah. And I, I, I really have mm-hmm. no complaints about it from, from, from either side. Yeah. But now, you know, Matt Ryan, you're in a good system again. What do you have left at this point? You know, you talked about what Matthew Stafford could bring to could bring to the Rams at uh, at his age when he was 33 going on 34 going in there. Matthew Stafford's 36 going on 37. And in your 30s as an NFL quarterback, I know I was saying guys can play into their 40s now, like Tom Brady. Obviously, he's playing until he's 45, just coming I, out of retirement. I don't want to hear the man's name right now. Uh, listen, I, I don't want to hear the man's name. Yeah, right I'll, I'll, I'll cover that with you in a second. But obviously, things are things are happening there now. With Matt Ryan, what do you have left in a competitive system? I get that you could muscle some things out when when things were going bad in Atlanta. Yeah. But those teams were, in my opinion, were kind of pulling off the brakes anyways when they're facing it. They're realizing, all right, this thing's a cakewalk. We don't need to kill ourselves out here while yeah. while while going, you know, while playing these guys. I mean, the Patriots shut them out. So yeah. listen, Matt Ryan was able to, could have done whatever heroics he needed to in that it game. Was, it wasn't going to it really wasn't going to matter. Over. When the game is on the line, what does Matt Ryan have left at this point? I'm going to have to, we're going to have to see what that looks like in Indianapolis. Cause you know, you know, big pressure situation, you know, Matt Ryan really hasn't had to be under that for Mm-mm. the past couple of seasons, you know, even a while, even when you're saying, Oh, he's leading comeback wins in, in, in Atlanta. Yeah. For what? For, for the ninth draft pick over the eighth, who yeah, cares? Like what? Like, like you're not, you're not really, it's not really going to make that big of a difference when you have a playoff spot on the line, when you're, that's in, when, when you're the real guy, when you're out. in the playoffs, what is he going to have? Yep. We're going to have to see there. Obviously, former MVP. He has a ton of potential there. But but now, but now, ladies and gentlemen, the AFC is one competitive division. Yes. Oh, my God. You got Russell Wilson coming over from the NFC. 
You got Deshaun Watson going to the Browns. That's a dangerous team. Yeah. That is going to be a dangerous team. You got Matt Ryan coming over. You got. And I, and um, I, and I get Deshaun Watson was an AFC quarterback, but he basically could have been playing in the but NFC. He, but, he, but he's now going to a championship ready team. Yeah. I mean, and even if he was playing in the AFC, he wasn't even playing in the AFC or NFC last year. Yeah. He was playing, uh, he was playing with the courts last year. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so now, so now. All these, all these teams are going to be gunning for the AFC, and it's going to be the Pats. The Dolphins now are looking very scary. Buffalo, Kansas City, um, the Ravens. Let's see. The Broncos, the, um, the Colts, the Browns. Who else is in there? No, the Chargers, I, the Raiders. Mm-hmm. I mean, the entire – The Titans. The entire, that's 11 teams. Seven teams make the playoffs. And you want to know what's wrong with that? You didn't mention the Patriots once in all. And that. the Patriots. I, no, the Patriots are going to be fighting for a wild card. Yeah. But that's 12 teams that are competitive, competing for seven spots. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the reason I said, the reason I said it's wrong that you didn't mention the Patriots is because, you know, obviously we're Boston sports here. We cover the Patriots yeah. and all that stuff. What's what the there to cover? What, what the hell have they done? What, I mean, what, what, what I am mean, I? Listen, ah, I mean, ah. I mean, listen, let, let, ah. let's, let's be frank with ourselves real quick before we kind of jump on, and... before we kind of go nuts here. You know, again, I'm ready. Broncos go out and Broncos go go out and get Russell Wilson. Raiders go out get and go out and get Devontae Adams. Teams in the AFC are making big killer moves, moves right now. Again, the big. Dolphins just got Tyreek Hill. Big, big, I mean, big move. I mean, listen, we're still gonna have to see what happens there. Maybe, 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 uh, maybe two is able to kind of you know work through with you know all that talent yeah. and figure it out at this point. But you know, Mac Jones is going into his second year next year. Mm-hmm. What is he gonna look like now with the fact that? In terms of offensive talent, what have we done to improve his odds of, of, of helping us next year? All right. Squat. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. All these teams are making big splashes this year. Great. Big splashes. Um, the Chargers are making splashes. They signed J.C. Jackson and traded for um, Cleo Mack. The Raiders are signed or traded, signed and traded for Devontae Adams. And also got Chandler Jones. Exactly. Former Patriot. The Broncos, Russell Wilson. Um the, the Ravens are still scary. The Chiefs are making some um, – Juju Smith-Schuster obviously trading away. Tyree Kill to the, um, the Dolphins. Uh, Von Miller signed with the Buffalo Bills. These teams are making moves. What did the Patriots do last year? The Patriots made big moves last year, but then they drafted a rookie quarterback. Yes. That never works. Usually you're going to sign all these people when you have the quarterback already situated. The Patriots did that and then drafted the quarterback. So now – I, in my head, it's these guys are trying to catch up to the Patriots because the Patriots already did all this. They, they built a team and then they drafted their guy. So now Mac Jones going into his second year, he's going to be in a way, he's going to be in a way better position to perform well next year. They just need a stud receiver and maybe they're going to look into the draft because this wide receiver class this year is star studded. There's like two guys from Bama and two guys from Ohio State that are ridiculous. Yeah, John Meachie's one of those guys that I yeah. looked at. He's he's a very promising prospect. And listen, I think he can go into the draft and maybe steal the show. Mm-hmm. But are you going to trust Bill Belichick with drafting offensive talent? When is the last that's time true. that? When's the last time that's worked outside of Rob Gronkowski in 2010? And he fell into our lot because yeah. of an injury. Exactly. But I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't just being I, honest with you, unless it's, unless it's a late round pickup and we get a guy like James White or something like that in the fourth round, which, you know, awesome pickup. Bill Belichick's history of drafting receivers isn't necessarily, you know, the best. What we passed on DK Metcalf for Nikhil Harry, the nightmare that he is. Why? Yeah. The, I mean, I can't believe that he's still in a Pats uniform. Okay. It's kind of disgusting to me. Okay. But what are the Pats going to do? Listen, it is an arms race after all. And I get yeah. and I'm more than happy that the Pats got every free agent last year. That's awesome. But they we overspent st- a little bit. Yeah, you can make – oh, I'm not not disagreeing with you. But they did that because of how much they realized that they screwed up in the draft in previous years yes. and the fact that they hadn't yes. made moves. And, you know, losing losing Brady and losing all those guys cost us dearly. Okay. We had, we had, we had to make up for it, and we had to go out and spend big. We did that. And did we overpay for guys? Yeah. Nelson John U. Smith. Uh, Nelson Aguilar. We didn't use John o. Smith the way we should have. Maybe not. And listen, John o. Smith's probably going to be the most impact, probably going to be the biggest question mark and the most impactful player on the Patriots next year in terms of, you know, you know, questions and whatnot for what's going to happen. He's going to be the most important player on the field for us yeah. next year. Okay. But it, it, when you have an arms race of this proportion, we've never seen an arms race like this in the NFL in our history. And I know we say this every single offseason. 
you but know, this is big. This year, this has been the craziest offseason in NFL history. And, and so many people that, are saying it. And we said that last year. Yeah. I mean, now you got big, big names that are moving, let, yes. alone, let alone little names. I mean, I don't know. I don't. Last year, I couldn't think of an offseason in which things could get bigger. No. The NFL somehow managed, manages to jump the shark every single season. Yeah. And listen, teams are doing this because they're looking to the Super Bowl champions, the LA Rams. And, and they're trying and, to build, they're, they're following. Well, well following they're, they're the seeing what the Rams did. And the, the Rams said, you know what? Screw the process. We're going to get all our chips now and go win this thing. And then, and you know did. what? And you know what? They did and they won it and, and good for them. And a lot of teams right now are saying, you know what? We, we think we're a star receiver away. Instead of saying, instead of trying to make some moves with these draft picks, screw these five draft picks. We're going to go make that move right now. <clears throat> and, you know, you're seeing that right now in the AFC where, you know, you're, you're seeing all these teams go out and get these power and get these powerful guys. Yeah. I can't I, for the Patriots. Yeah. You can have your system and yeah, you can be traditional in the way you do things. And I respect that because you won six Super Bowls by being able to do it. Yeah. But you also got out, but you also weren't, weren't, weren't afraid to get stars along the way. Yeah. You got Darrell Revis during your Super Bowl 49. Brandon season. Browner. Yeah. So you got Super Brandon Bowl. Browner. You're able to Randy get Moss. Yeah. Wes Welker. Yeah. Well, um, while those didn't necessarily pan out in Super Bowl wins, it got you there. Yeah, Rennie Moss led you to an undefeated season and was and led the league in touchdown receptions. That Boy, did year. he pay off for us! Yeah, yeah, great move for us. So I'm not saying that you need to, you know, you know, sell the house. I mean, what did we get Randy Moss for? Uh, we, keep to leave. Yeah, I keep to leave. Great pickup. You know, Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, listen, where I'm the Patriots have never have never shied away from making big picks and from making big pickups, and they've always, you know, usually. Ha- for in, for a long for a lot mm-hmm. of them they've panned out for us in Super Bowl championships. I know we pride our pride ourselves on building like these small market teams and you know guys like Chris Hogan is that going to be a star step every up? once in a while we need that big big guy. Yeah, we need the big fish every once in a while. Yeah, and all it's all it all it does it, we don't need it to be to the point where we're building a super team like a, like Pat Mahomes and the and the Kansas City Chiefs or we, like we, LA and the Rams. We don't necessarily need it to be that star studded. Yeah, but we just something we need a player to tip the scales in our favor. That's okay. what we need. We need to even the playing field if, if they're going to go out and get if Miami's going to go out and get Tyreek Hill let's go sign Odom Beckham Jr. let's go sign okay. l- let's go trade for a guy like a DK Metcalf like you were talking about yeah. at, at the beginning of the show okay let's go make a move like that hear, hear me out so when OBJ was released by the Browns he was looking at teams and he said that the Patriots who on his radar but if Tom Brady was still there mm. now with that being said, now they got their guy. They drafted their guy, Mac Jones. It was, this was before they drafted their guy. Like, no, no, it wasn't. But it, it, it was it was midseason at that yeah, point. Yeah, but sorry, I, I meant to say the pay, the Patriots. So at the time, I, I, sorry, I meant to say last year, last year's offseason. Receivers didn't want to come here because Brady wasn't here. Yes. And they didn't have the guy. And we ended up now and we got we got secondary guys, but guys that we, we couldn't land were a big fish. Yeah, no. We granted Hunter Henry, Hunter but, he, great. but we need a receiver, not just a tight end. Mm-hmm. So now you got the quarterback in place and a yes. good one, very smart one and a young one. If you're a receiver, do you come here now? I, that, that's the issue. And I, I, I wonder what it's going to be, especially knowing you're going to be competing with Buffalo in that division. You're going to be competing with Miami now in that division, which, you know, Miami's you for all the years, the Patriots were there. It was, it was like, Oh, watch out for Miami. And they would use, even if they made the playoffs, they get waxed. But now you actually have to seriously consider competing against the Miami dolphins. And then the jets are coming up. The Jets got the quarterback and they got two top 10 draft yeah. picks. I mean, listen, see I, what they do. Yeah. I, I'll be interested to see what the jets do. I, 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 I don't want to be the guy that says it's the same old jets, but for me, it's just, for me, I you more have to think about the fact of can their ownership kind of get out of their own way. That, that's the that's the only issue that the Jets have because they have Zach Wilson, who I think is just in a bad situation right now. And you know, he, you Scott, know, he shows promise. Yeah, he shows promise, and I, and I think that could work. But for the Patriots, what are they going to do for Mac Jones to help him? This is his your second year as a quarterback is your most impactful year and the most important mm-hmm. year as a quarterback mm-hmm. as a quarterback in in the in the NFL. So are, let's see what, what are they going to what are they going to do to help him? So let's see what they've done. They brought back Brian Hoyer in a two-year, $4 million deal. They brought back a little men- the, the mentor. Solid. Great. Saints wide receiver slash running back Ty Montgomery. Mm. Now, I compare Ty Montgomery to Cordell Patterson when he was here. Cordell Patterson had 228 yards and um, uh, on, the, on the ground and a, and a rushing touchdown. And 247 through the air, three touchdowns. Yeah. When he was here. Mm-hmm. Very impactful player. Yes. Very. You now you take a guy like Ty Montgomery, who's the same guy, not not as fast, but he can do everything the same. Great returner. 
So it means you put, can put him in a running backs position. That's great. Yeah. I, I, I love the time Montgomery pickup. It's going to be a nice pickup. Two years. We got him for two years. Small deal, $4 million. Mm-hmm. You bring back James White. James White was injured last year. I, I, think, I think the addition of James White will definitely be something that's unsung for Mac Jones. Yes. It will be a great pickup. Because now he'll be able to play with James White. I agree with that. Um, you bring back the big, bad Trent Brown. Mm. Love that, man. That's a great move for the O-line. So bringing back um, one of Mac Jones' bodyguards, love. All right? And then you sign Nick Folk again. Great. You, Matthew Slater's back. McCordy, Malcolm Butler. Resigning with the Patriots. Yeah, that that that's a move that I'm interested in. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, listen, I, I'm talking about offensive help mostly, but that that that's a move which I had as a headline when he was when it was questioned that yeah. Malcolm Butler, obviously, for anyone who didn't see it, this broke uh relatively soon. The former Super Bowl 49 hero, you know, who many people I didn't I didn't believe this man would ever step foot in New England again, you know, after everything that transpired in Super Bowl 52, where Bill Belichick sat him for the game uh out of you know due to him violating team protocols. Uh, you know, apparently it might've been something, uh, he might've been doing some stuff at, at practices, maybe not, you know, showing up, doing certain things. Maybe mm-hmm. he was late, pulled to Jonas Gray. I really have no idea what that man did, but he's now signed back with the Patriots on a two-year $9 million deal. I can't believe that. I mean, listen, two years at two is, is what kills me because Malcolm Butler retired last year from the NFL. Again, it was due to a personal reason. I don't know if that's due to a family member or someone, or maybe himself dealing with COVID. I don't know if it has to do with anything like that. But the fact that this man did not play football last year. And when you say retire, I get that Tom Brady's kind of reinvented that word. But when yeah. traditionally, when you say retire, that's it. And when when guys come out of retirement, usually you're looking at a one-year trial deal or even you bring them in and possibly they get cut by the end of training camp. The fact that the Patriots gave this guy a two-year contract, the fact that they're willing to commit to him for multiple seasons is insane to me. I mean, let and alone... Considering the fact let that alone benched. The, yeah, yeah. Well, let, again... The, the benching was questionable for the reasons that it happened. But, let, but yeah, let alone the fact that he was benched in the Super Bowl. How the hell did Bill Belichick con- con- tell him to come back in here? Was Bill Belichick even in the room for this? Like, what Doubt happened? It. Doubt it. How? How do you who, get Malcolm who, Butler can, back in there? Can Who's the Patriots defensive coordinator right now? Matt Patricia. I thought he was oh, wait, assistant head coach. I'm sorry. That that. That that's kind of out of uh, I, I say that usually just by uh, that, that's what I used to think of as the that's true. defensive coordinator. He's not anymore. To be honest with you, I have no idea who the do the defensive coordinator. I can is. guarantee you, it's Matt Patricia's behind it. Uh, no, Matt Patricia apparently is running things on offense now for the Patriots, and the Patriots coaching coaching uh, situation there is kind of a bit of a carousel situation. We have. I haven't heard anything about the coaching staff. No one on the outside knows what's happening. Matt Patricia might be calling plays on offense this year. Joe Judge is our quarterback coach for Mac Jones, which is scary enough as it is. And I I think on the defensive side, I think Gerard Mayo might be calling things defensively. like it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Gerard Gerard Mayo play with Malcolm Butler? uh, No, it was... if, if they did, it might have been Mayo's like last year. year. Yeah. It might have been his last year here. Either way. He might have been here for that I, one I, I like to pick up, I mean, uh, Malcolm Butler's last year that he played in 2020 with the Titans, he had like four interceptions. That's not great. But I mean, four interceptions is fine. I mean, it's, I mean it, it's it's solid. I mean, in 2016 with the Patriots, he had four interceptions too. In his Pro Bowl year, he had two interceptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it, it, it's about it's about the ways you can lock down these guys, and yeah, it, it, with cornerbacks, your your interceptions really doesn't tell the whole tale. It, I mean, listen, Trayvon, uh, yeah, uh, Trayvon Diggs has you know like led the league in interceptions, but and people led the league in res- yards given up. Exactly. So um, it, it it means that it means that you're getting thrown out a bunch. If but you're, they're if, getting help right now. Yeah, I mean, listen, they're getting help, but doesn't that worry you? The fact that they're going after Malcolm Butler, a receiver who retired, and I and and again, the how. How desperate is Bill Belichick? The fact that he he has to bring in a guy that he probably hates. Um, I I, I don't think he hates him, but I can see them going I mean, for somebody that they they recognize because J.C. Jackson did just leave. Yeah, and Gilmore's gone. Yeah, and now you bring in Malcolm Butler, who but is he your, plays with Devin McCourty? But is he your number one corner at this point um, going into the year? Is so he, is he your number one guy? Jonathan Jones is my number one guy in my head. You can make a case for that. He's come back from me. So so let's let's see. J.C. Jackson leaves. Okay. It's a huge hole to fill, obviously, because he locks down your number one guy. Now you bring in Malcolm Butler. Jonathan Jones comes back, and you sign Terrence Mitchell to a one year deal. Terrence Mitchell. But I I kind of like it. Yeah. 
I kind of like it. He I was mean, good when he played with the Browns a couple years ago. A couple was, years ago. Malcolm Butler was great when he played a couple years ago. That's okay. That's okay. But I, I mean, listen, I, still got I, would, in the I would love Malcolm Butler to come back here and be the star Super Bowl hero again. I would adore that if, if, that, if that's what Malcolm Butler turns into. Would another Chevy Colorado while you're at it? Yeah. I mean, I will happily be uh, I, yeah. I will happily be surprised if Malcolm Butler comes back and does that. But I, again, to give this guy that that kind of a contract for two years, that kind of commitment, I, I can't imagine that Malcolm Butler. I mean, c- congrats to him if he's matured to the fact to where he was able to say, you know what, I got sat in the Super Bowl, but I'm willing to come back and you know restart my career. Congrats to him on that level of maturity, man. Because I, I I never thought I'd see the day where he'd be willing to do that. I, I I thought maybe in like 20 years he'd show up to like a training camp and you know would be standing along be standing along some Patriots coaches or maybe, you know, Bill Belichick would still be there and Butler would retire. And, you know, in retirement, maybe Butler would show up and kind of like, you know, talk to some of the corners and, you know, that would get a ton of press. But the fact that Malcolm Butler is willing to play under Bill Belichick to me is astonishing. So I'm looking at their roster right now. Okay. Patriots roster. Mm -hmm. These DBs are looking fine without JC Jackson. So you got Kyle Duggar. He plays more safety, but you have Adrian Phillips and Devin McCourty. Yeah. So I can guarantee you McCourty's going to be playing that corner role, a little bit more corner because he's, that was, he was drafted as, and so was Adrian Phillips. He's going to be roaming around as a corner. They're both, they're both insanely good. You got Jalen Mills still on this, on this roster. Jawan Williams is massive. He's like six foot three and he can fly. So you can throw him on like a tight end or something like that. I like it. Um, Terrence Mitchell, you can throw into that rotation. And Jonathan Jones coming back. Did you just say Devin McCourty? You had Devin McCourty playing corner? No. When he was drafted, he was. Yeah, but you, you said for this year? No, 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 no. Not, not like all corner. Oh. But you're going to leave him at safety, but every once in a while you can throw him out there because he's played it before. And I he's mean, one of the best safeties in the league. I mean, but he's 34, though. I mean, it, but it's, it's still it's, it's, really, it's, really it's fast. A different, it's a different game playing center field and kind of being a good safety like that. I mean, you, you're right. But if need be... I, I, I'm taking Adrian Phillips over. I mean, if, if need be, we threw Julian Edelman out at linebacker. I'm not saying no, I, I'm, saying if, I'm, no. saying if, I'm saying if need be, we could throw Devin McCourty no, at corner. Of no. course we could. No, but you I mean, could, I, you I mean, could, but, but, but you're going to throw, I'm, but I, we, but we brought back Jalen Mills and we brought him as a possible guy to do something like that. Jalen Mills is already, Jalen Mills is a corner. Yeah. Not a safety. He, he was uh, playing safety when he was uh, with well, he's Philly. Listed here as a corner. Yeah. Well, he came back and played corner, but he, when he was brought in from Philly, they were, he was a corner, then played safety in Philly, and then they transitioned him back to corner here. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. But like I said, you got Jonathan Jones back, but Adrian Phillips is going to be key to this defense. Yes. That guy was playing linebacker too during the COVID year because all our linebackers were out. Yeah. So, and he played really well. No, I so he, he can float around the field, and I think this is going to be the year we need him just in case yeah. for anything. Yeah. But, I, but again, I, I like this Patriots defense right now. I like the linebackers they've signed. They, they traded for Mac Wilson. Mm-hmm. Does anybody know who that is? No. I'm going to answer that question now. <laughs> no. But did anybody know who Kyle Van Noy was when we traded for him? No. Everyone knows him now. Great. Same team he's coming from. So I, we, I'm going to wait to comment on Mac Wilson because we don't know what to see. Yeah. We traded for him. We traded for a no name, really. You, you never know because Kyle Van Noy turned out to be amazing. Yeah. Maybe he can play that role. Obviously, Kyle Van Noy is a little different. He's just a stud. But you bring back Jawan Bentley, too. Jawan Bentley, and you still got Hightower on that team. Hightower yeah. is a great piece. He's old, but he is the captain. Mm-hmm. You need the captain back. Yes. And, and that's it. I can see Jawan Bentley starting to take over those reins, though. But you need that captain in there. And yeah. it's Dante Hightower. I, now, I, even, even if he's off the field, you have to have him on this roster right now. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of bringing back Hightower. I just do question how much he really has left in the tank. I point. do, too. But, you, but granted, you still need that captain. And he's a great leader on that team. But I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm looking at this team right now. and The, the, only, issue I have, they're Tyler, pretty, they're the only issue I have, Tyler, is you're bringing in a guy like Malcolm Butler. You can say Jonathan Jones is great. Is that going to be enough, though, now to cover a Tyreek Hill, to cover yeah. a Stephon Diggs twice a year now that you have to face yeah. Tyreek Hill? Jalen I mean, Waddle, too. It was, yeah, exactly. It was enough when you had to face Tyreek Hill the one-off time that you played Casey throughout the year. Yeah. Now you got to face him twice. Yep. And now you got to face him in Miami where you've had fits where they've had absolute bums playing on that field. Bums. Yeah. 
Now you got to go to Miami, possibly in the last game of the season, because that's how they like to schedule it. And Tyreek Hill could be torching you down the field. Yeah. Uh, and not not to mention Jalen Waddle just mossing you all over the yard. I think Malcolm Butler still got a little left in the tank. He did he did retire. So maybe he's he's he could be rested. You never know, or it could be rusty. So we don't know which one we're gonna get. Yeah. Um it, rested or rusty. We're gonna see. But they're also looking at Matthew Judon has been doing some great recruiting for those of you that don't know, has been tweeting at pretty much everybody. Yeah, he should he should be the general manager yeah, of Bill he's, Belichick he's, he's at tweeting, this point, in my opinion. He's tweeting to different people saying, like, hey, Allen Robinson, what you doing? Um, hey, Odell Beckham, you want to come hang out? Yeah. Hey, I heard New England's great this time of year. Yeah. And he's tweeted at Stefan Gilmore saying, Hey, you want to come back? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, if, if that was to happen, I would I would actually consider I, I would consider actually appointing Matt Judon to uh, the general because manager. Stephon Gilmore, we traded him because he wanted more money. Yeah. And he, we weren't going to pay him because he was dealing with an injury. And we were like, dude, you're not worth it right now. And now he's not he's not going to get that type of money anywhere. He needs he needs another. He needs a prove it deal right now to prove that he can still play the defensive player of the year that we signed. That, that he needs to prove it again. Mm hmm. You sign him to a one-year deal. You prove it. They, they, there's your one-year um, insurance card right there. Yeah. There's your one year, which is great. But then, you know, obviously you look at next year. But that's a whole other conversation. You got to deal with that when you when that rolls over. Mm -hmm. But I like Stefan. I think Stefan Gilmore could be a nice pickup again for the Patriots. Yeah. I, but, I, I, but how much cap space are we working with is the question. Yeah, I, I don't even know. That, that's the thing. And, 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 been added. and that's why it would have to be a prove it deal because yes. we don't know exactly what it would look like. Nope. Uh, you know, uh, kind of transitioning now over to, uh, you know, obviously we've been spending a great deal of this show on uh, the NFL. Uh, before we do go down the wire, I, there is a move in the MLB, obviously, that we highlighted at the beginning of the show that I want to cover. And that is that Trevor Story, the former Colorado Rocky, has now signed a six-year $140 million contract with the Boston Red Sox. He'll wear number 10, and he was introduced earlier today. Tyler, what were your thoughts when you heard this move go down? Um, I, I, I've heard of Trevor Story, yes. I'm not, I'm not as big of a baseball fan as you are. Obviously, I'm more in the football world. Um, but I, I like it. It's, it's a bigger name. And I, I did say that the Red Sox need to sign a little bit bigger, a bigger of a name. And what did they do? They did it. Mm -hmm. Trevor Story. That is a, it's a pretty big name in baseball. But I'm reading here that says it's, he's, he's a shortstop. But now he's moving to second base. Yeah. So basically what's going to happen is we signed him to this deal and he is going to play, uh, you know, opposite of Xander Bogarts at second base. We're going to keep Bogarts at second this season. And a lot of people believe that. Wait, so Trevor Story is going to short. No, Trevor Story will be going to second. Oh, and Bogarts is the short. Oh, my God. Bogarts will be staying at short. There we go. There yeah. we go. My bad. So confusing my head. Yeah. And Trevor Story is a very interesting guy. Obviously, he came in the league in 2016. He set an MLB record by hitting seven home runs in his first six games in the league. That's how he that's how he started. that's where I know him from. That's how he started things off in the MLB. And he's been a very consistent shortstop ever since then. Obviously, earns his contract with the Red Sox very solid defensively, has a pretty solid bat uh people question whether he's going to be the same guy away from core field obviously when you play there uh at the altitude you're playing uh the ball seems the ball kind of flies a little bit more off the bat and people are wondering how that's exactly going to translate uh people what i'm just i'm just looking at these it, it, these trevor story headlines and it's xander bogart's call to on to trevor story really sold him on the red sox and there's another one ex-red sox player called trevor story and was like, hey, man, New York smells like garbage. <laughs> I love to see it. So, I mean, obviously. Will Middlebrooks called him, of uh, course. Of course he did. Of I, course. Listen, Will Middlebrooks, you know, maybe he didn't have, like, the most star-studded career here, but he does the work. I, and oh, listen, my God. Respect, New York smells like it does. Respect to him. I, and I listen, Middlebrooks had Middlebrooks had his fun torch in the Yankees. But back it does smell like so, garbage. I mean, listen, I, I like this move for the Red Sox, and I like it based on the fact that, uh, if Bogarts is to leave next year, which I don't want to happen, I want the Red Sox to go out there and offer Xander Bogarts a contract that he believes he is worth. They should. Of. They should. He's well worth it and has earned it. But what this looks like, in my opinion, it looks like, and something that kind of proves that is that during Trevor Story's press conference, they mm -hmm. they asked him, "Hey, what are your thoughts on you know, what are your thoughts on changing positions, and playing alongside Xander Bogarts?" and and basically, Story said in his uh, opening interview with the Red Sox, he, he said, yeah, I signed this contract. I agreed to play second base for this year, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens after that. 
when he said this year, it kind of almost came out in a way of a Freudian slip to where he wasn't really supposed to say, oh, I'll be playing second base for this year. This isn't a one-year deal. This is six. So why is he just saying for this year? It kind of harkens at the idea that maybe- He knows that Bogarts could be out next year. Either Bogarts could be out or there can be something else on the horizon to where they basically say, all right, yeah, we, all right, listen, man, you got to play second for this year. Bogarts is in the last year of his deal. We got to, you know, sweet talk him maybe into a deal or let him go. And at that point, stories like, all right, I'll that's get, where the goal from there I'll, comes into play. I'll give it a year. I'll rest my arm because he has elbow problems. So there were some talks about that. And basically, we're going to have to see what that looks like. I'm happy that Boston at least was willing to make a move and not just let Bogart go by the wayside and, yeah. and, and essentially say, oh, shoot, who do we have? Who do we have at shortstop now? Oh, we got Zue Lin coming up in the farm system. Let's throw him out there and wish yeah. him the best. You know, we got we actually have someone decent that we can throw out there. I don't want it to come down to that fact to where we, you know, lose in a Bogarts. Cause I mean, listen, Boston was a, when we lost Mookie Betts, a lot of that fan base just tuned out the Red Sox for a good majority of time. Yeah. This 20, that 2021 postseason, you were able to get people liking the team again. The Red Sox were able to be likable in the city of Boston and, and people were willing to root for them and go to games until that postseason happened. A lot of people weren't really rallying around the Red Sox. And, and it was like, you know what? The Red Sox are good They're You know, maybe we'll see what happens with them, but that postseason really kind of revived Red Sox Nation. If you let Xander Bogarts, I don't know what it's going to take to, you know, to restart that, to restart that engine again. Because you're not only did you let the MVP walk, but now you're letting the heart and soul of this team walk. And the heart I, and soul of the Red Sox that's still around from when they've won championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because obviously Ortiz has been gone a lot, a while. Pedroia's gone. Pedroia's gone. Those are the, the big names. Mookie Betts is gone, as you mentioned. And then... I mean, really, the only Bogarts. Guys that, yeah, but, but I mean, ter- Jackie ter- Bradley. Yeah, but, I mean, he he came back. He came back. But but listen, so it's a little different in terms of in terms of guys like that. I think that you have to keep Bogarts around because listen, I I think the way that Betts was treated here, it soured a lot of people, especially within the organization too. Yes. And if you're looking at some of these young minor league prospects, look at Marcelo Mayer. He's an infielder coming up in our system. We mm-hmm. drafted him fourth overall. Looks like he's going to be a stud in like three, four years when he comes up. Maybe we'll even be Xander Bogarts or Trevor Story's a replacement. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe maybe he's even Rafael Devers replacing. There's many. There's a bunch of speculation as to where this kid could play. If he sees Xander Bogart, Xander Bogarts possibly get treated like this and kind of get shut out and you know thrown out like this, when if he comes up and is a star, is he going to be willing to renegotiate a deal where he realizes where he realizes he's going to get the short end of the stick, or is he going to say, you know what, screw this team, screw you guys for for playing uh for playing cheap with me, I'm going to go elsewhere. Yeah. And that that's the fear because you you already did it with bets and you can make the case. All right. Bets is a bets is a what's in a generation talent. We're not going to, we're not going to throw all our eggs in that basket and hamstring ourselves for the rest of the, for the rest of the way. Yeah. We want to, you know, diversify our assets. If you do that with Xander Bogarts though, that's going to be really tough. And I think people within the organization, like an Alex Verdugo might tune you out at that point. Verdugo. I mean, who knows if, you know, who knows if JD Martinez is going to be willing to stick around. Who knows if yeah. Devers is going to be willing to stick around. You, I mean, you, you know, that. If they don't keep somebody like Bogarts, it's going to be very harmful to the organization because this organization right now is made up of some guys that respect Bogarts. I mean, but, but, I, yeah, I, I, but, I mean, I they, respects. they respect them, but they're, they're not big names. Yeah. Devers is the only other one. Now you got Trevor Story and, and Bogarts, but Devers is the only one. You got this team made up of a bunch of guys that are just trying to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. And you let somebody walk and they're like, well, we need that guy. Yeah. What now? What you're gonna sign another no name? Like mm-hmm. wh- wh- what are you doing? And it's just gonna it's could it could lead to a lot of problems. Yeah. And the other reason people are talking about you know the the, the pitch that's now being made after the story deal, which you're hearing a lot of you know pro Red Sox people come out with, is essentially that oh uh we're you know Bogarts's defense isn't as good as Story, so we're gonna get rid of him. And I'm like, okay, maybe Bogarts isn't like you know a you know all time defensive shortstop, but he's also he also kind of makes up for it with his bat. He's a tremendous, you know, almost middle of the order type of, you know, type of bat. At a, always count on him. At a position where you don't really expect that. You know, shortstops traditionally aren't power hitters. Xander no, Bogart, they're, they're get on base and get around and yeah, score. Xander, you know, like, you know, Derek Jeter, leadoff hitter type of guy. You don't think of power when you think of a guy like him, but, no. you know, great hitter. And was he the best? Always got on base. Was he the best defensive shortstop? No, but he was able to get things done with, with the bat. Same thing's kind of true with Xander Bogarts, but he has a bit more power than a guy like Jesus. Yes. Bogarts, he's not going to airmail guys at first. He, if there's a ball that he can get to, 
he's going to make a good play on the ball. I think the defensive stats with Bogarts is kind of trash, but with them phasing, with them possibly phasing out Xander Bogarts here, they're, they're, they've been talking about playing Trevor Story at second. Yeah. Do you see a position, do you see a time in throughout the year in which they try to put Story at short and maybe Bogarts at second as part yeah. of this phasing out? Yeah, I, I, I think that's very possible that that happens at one point. I was year. just thinking about that, like what in the beginning, in the middle of the year, what's going to happen? Maybe Bogarts isn't playing as well, but Story is. Will they flip it? But I think it's going to come down to who's getting more like, ground balls who's getting more action and who's playing better yeah and they're going to be they, they can flip and flop them so i can guarantee you it they're going to do that they're, they're going to flip them they at some point they will flip them because they're very similar and just then they'll put both put amazing shortstops yeah they're both great i mean se- second base is is different from shortstop but it's right there yeah. so you you can easily make a transition um I mean, it's at, it's an easy position to, to really train. Exactly. To. So, I mean, it's going to be a different for both of them, but having those two guys in that infield is going to be amazing. Yeah. And having both their bats is going to be amazing too. So, I mean, like I said, like you mentioned, actually, Bogarts isn't the power hitter. He is a get a nice hit. I mean, but he can get, he, get a nice he, hit in the infield, th- but he can hit 30 bombs a year. Oh, he can't from oh, the he shortstop. Can. But he can get you. You can, if you need him to get on base, he will. He, but if you need him to hit him a home run, he easily could too. But if you need him to get on base, he will get on base. And then he's, he's fast. He will get, he'll move. Yeah. He'll, he'll be on third. And then somebody needs a grounder score. Perfect. There you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, Xander Bogarts had, had 23 home runs last year for shortstop. That's great. Yeah. You can't complain about that. And yeah. then the last full season, besides that, he played, he had 33 home runs. That's really good to have as a as, as your shortstop. You yeah. can't complain about that. That's amazing. No, you can't you can't complain about a guy like Xander Bogarts at all. And you can't you can't complain about the leadership either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, it come like just people don't know how much a leader just changes the face of an organization and of a team. I, I I've experienced that myself. Mm-hmm. Having that true leader is a big, big game changer. And if you don't have it, you're going to run into a lot of problems. Even if even if that leader doesn't perform, you need that leader. Yeah. So even if Bogarts isn't performing, you need that leader there. It's just, you, you do. A guy that's won a championship before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, th- th- there's a He's ton. been there. Yeah. Proven and I, it. And I hope that Bogarts gets paid the way he should deserve. I mean, after Carlos. Hope he doesn't get overpaid. Yeah, that's the thing. After Carlos Correa signed with the Twins, J.D. Martinez basically was quoted saying, oh, Xander's going to be rich. And yep. th- th- that's what he went out saying. And I-, I think Xander will be rich. But it's a matter will of. Will be rich in Red Sox money or somebody else? That's the question. And I really couldn't tell you. The only thing I can think of is uh, something, you know, something that was interesting that was brought up to, well, not brought up to me, but I heard earlier in the day before I went off to one of my classes, I was listening to some Boston sports radio, uh, Tony Maserati, obviously, you know, you know, famous, famous baseball reporter has his own radio show at 95. Uh, He came up, he, he basically said that uh, one of his speculations is that uh, story will move to short next year. And after this year, the Red Sox would approach Bogarts and basically say, Hey, we want you to move to third base back to the position that, you know, during our 2013 run, you played for us because they had Steven drew at shortstop traditional defensive shortstop. So they had Bogarts go and play third that he was saying that we'll have you go play third and we'll pay you like a third baseman, which traditionally is a tick below what shortstops make in terms of infield shortstops, the golden goose, you're going to get paid a ton shortstops, the captain of the infield. Exactly. So you're going to get paid like it. Yep. Third baseman's it's a couple million dollars less. And they, and basically he was saying that they could make the pitch to pay him like that. Then what you could do is then go to Rafael Devers and say, Hey, we want to go and pay, we, we want you to be our DH because they're there. That would be under the assumption that JD would leave after this year. Yeah. And it'd be, it'd be like, but we want to pay you like a DH and they make a good, you know, a f- good few million dollars mm-hmm. less than, than third base would make. They, they make traditionally a lot less. I mean, some guys like, you can some guys can make upwards of 30 million dollars, but more you're more going to see DHs get paid like yeah. 20, 25 million. Yeah. So they would maybe make the pitch and say, We'll pay you like a DH. And mm-hmm. maybe you'll play third here and there, but it'll be sparingly. That's what that's something that he brought up. And for the Red Sox, I, I have to agree with him. That is what that is something I could definitely see happening yeah. because Hein Bloom is, you know, always careful with his wallet. He's always going to be, you know, trying to hold all the cards at once. In my mind, that makes a lot of sense in terms of th- in terms of you know playing the analytics and yeah. you know, having the best possible you know you know defensive and uh, ana- ana- analytically sound team. 
that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But I, again, I, I don't know if you move Devers. I like Devers at third. Devers is a strong third baseman. He gets a ground. And he he's got a cannon. He has a cannon, but he's but he's been wild at times. He's been able he was able to hone it in a little bit last he's, year. But but I and I know that I know that Devers is young. I mean, what what is he like? 24, 25 years you need old to keep now. Devers on this team. Devers is amazing. Could you move Devers to first though? Uh, there's been talks about it, but we are bringing up there's talk, but we're probably going to bring up a guy this year. His name's Tristan Casas. Uh, he's a really good prospect. Devers is tw- Devers will be 25 this year. Yeah, you, I need you need Devers as DH. I like Devers as DH. Yeah. So there's this guy Tristan Casas. We'll be bringing him up. He's a power hitting lefty first mm-hmm. baseman. Uh, he'll he's in, he's going to be in AAA to probably to start the year, and maybe we'll make the jump at some but, point. Playing with the Woo Sox. Yeah, he'll probably be Ooh. he'll probably platoon with uh, Bobby Dahlbeck throughout the year. Is my best yeah. guess as to how they'll use him. I think that I think that he'll be probably pretty good. And then the idea of sliding Devers in the DH spot is something I could probably get behind. Yeah, I just I I, I one thing I re- I just really love, and I was just reading that I love how Trevor Story wanted to come here, and he yeah. feels very comfortable being here. And this is this he goes this was the place for me. I I wanted to be here, mm-hmm. and they wanted me. I wanted them. Yeah, it seems like a match made in heaven. No, I I think it's a match made in heaven too. I'm very glad that a match made in heaven. I'm glad that it doesn't seem like like oh why'd you why'd you come to Boston? Oh well, they paid me. Yeah, they, they paid me. So uh, you know, go Red Sox, I guess. They handed me a check. <laughs> yeah, go so, Sox. Yeah, so I'm glad it's not that. I'm it was glad- three million dollars more than the Yankees, so I came here. Yeah, if the Yankees had paid three million more than that, I would have gone there. Yeah, it would have been singing. Uh, would have been singing New York, New York. But I'm Aaron Rodgers in it. Yeah. I'm Aaron Rodgers in it there and following go. the money. Love it. Yeah. I mean, I it, it, yeah, <laughs> it very well could have been something yeah. like that, but yeah, uh, you know, I'm very, I'm very glad that uh, we were able to get some things solved, some things solved. And uh, you know, hopefully the Red Sox can go out there, have a pretty good season this year. Pitching is going to obviously has always been kind of a question mark ever since yeah. uh, the 20, even during our championship run in 2018, pitching's always been kind of a question mark yep. with us. It will be one this year. So Obviously, guys, you know, one of the things that we say that we say on the show, which, you know, traditionally you don't want to say on Sports Talk Radio, but listen, you're going to have to wait and see. Hopefully things can work themselves out. I try to be an optimist as much as possible. It's a struggle. Give you guys as much information as we have. But listen, we appreciate you guys so much for watching, but we are now down to the wire, which means that we're going to rapid fire talk about everything we mentioned in this episode. <laughs> we started things off by talking about Tyree Hill being traded to the Miami Dolphins Boom. for five draft picks. I mean, listen, Casey got a haul for him, and, and now five. he's, yeah, ridiculousness. Five. And he's now going to sign a four-year, $120 million contract extension with the Dolphins to make him the highest paid receiver in the league. $72.2 million of that is guaranteed per his agent, Drew Rosenhaus. The Jets, which we, you know, didn't end up mentioning, had a deal in place for Tyreek. They would have gotten, you know, the Chiefs would have gotten three draft picks, and then the Jets would have gotten Tyreek and a draft pick in exchange. Uh, Poor Jets. Yeah, screw the Jets. So, uh, you know, can't complain with that. We also talked about the Atlanta Atlanta Falcons trading quarterback Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts. Atlanta, nice. Atlanta nice. will receive a 2022 third-round pick in exchange. You know, we talked about it. I think it's a great deal for both sides. Cannot complain about that. Uh, after that, we discussed uh, – we discussed the Patriots original lack of moves. Uh, you know, you know, the fact they haven't really made any star studded moves kind of dipped into the toes of, you know, they kinda, dipped their toe into the water. Yeah. They haven't really, so dipped, to speak. they haven't really dipped their toe in the water of uh, superstars on the move this off season, especially a lot of guys going to the AFC East. You know, we, we want to see them do more stuff, but they made some interesting moves today. Obviously, obviously brought back uh, former Super Bowl hero, Malcolm Butler on a two year, $9 million mm-hmm. contract. We discussed the meaning of that and everything that'll, and everything that could mm-hmm. uh, be disagreed more. on it. Yeah. I, will, I want real quick. I just want to see the Patriots instead of dipping their toe in, just do a straight cannonball into the, and make a big splash. I wouldn't mind that either. I, big splash. I mean, listen, I, that's kind of what I've been saying. Make a big splash. I know Bill Belichick, you know, you have your cap space. You have to maneuver some things around. But make something, doable. It makes something work. I, I think I think you could get a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. right now, especially coming off that ACL injury. Yes. He was going to get paid like a number one receiver probably this offseason. Yep. But now, you know, there's going to be some speculation. I think that. Get him on the team, baby. I, w- I would love to see it. I, th- I say get him in here and see what he can I do. I still don't like his attitude, but we'll, we'll keep going. We'll take it. Yep, but we'll take it. And then finally, we wrapped things up by talking about the Red Sox signing former Colorado Rockies infielder Trevor Story to a six-year, $140 million contract. We talked about how he'll impact this team and what this means for Xander Bogarts going forward. Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, a ton of stuff going on in the sports world right now. Tyler, I'm very glad to have you back on the show. Talking about all this stuff. So That was nice. Thank you so much. Did you mean that? 
You know, I, I think I did. I'll, I'll, oh, I, you think? In my heart of hearts. You think you meant it? In my heart of hearts. I, I, you I hear that, I, ladies and gentlemen? He thinks he meant it. Yeah. So I, wow. listen, I, I think a lot of things. And I think I think I really did mean that. You so, think a lot of things? Yeah. What I, are the things you think about? Do you I, think about a lot of things that you think? Yeah. That you think you know about? I, I, I like to think so. Okay. But listen, obviously, it was a great show. Talked about a lot of things going on in the sports Indeed. world. Uh, can't wait for our next episode coming out on Friday. Uh, but if you're not falling down to the wire at this point, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? Come on, man. It's so easy. Yeah, Click. It, it really subscribe. Yeah. Like, subscribe to this video. If like, you're watching this, subscribe, if you're watching follow, this on YouTube. comment, you name it. Yeah. Listen, it's a good time. Yeah. I mean, listen, we have some fun. We're available everywhere. You guys can uh, stream podcasts with that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. The video stream of this show is on YouTube. You can find all of those links through the link in our bio at down dot to the wire on Instagram. Again, at down dot, dot to, the, to wire the wire on Instagram. Uh, if you've been listening to this on radio, you've been listening to WJMF 88.7 HD2, mm-hmm. Smithfield, Providence, or you've been tuned in at WJMFradio.com. Thank you guys again so much for listening. And from down to the wire, I'm Brian Costa. And I'm Tyler Stringfellow. And we hope you guys have a great night. Take care. Indubitably. And peace. Out. WJMF Radio.